Mengeluhi Mengeluh nah Ketulu Rohye Bukan ada Pertahanan Mengeluhi Mengeluh nah Ketulu Rohye Bukan ada Pertahanan Mengeluhi Mengeluh nah Ketulu Rohye Bukan ada Pertahanan Mengeluhi Mengeluh nah Ketulu Rohye Eleven o'clock comics, episode one hundred and ninety-eight. Is that a question? Jason, how are you, buddy? What's going on? I'm good, Blair. How are you doing? I'm all right. I, I thought I was watching a huge 150-car pileup today on the internet. Oh, really? Yeah. It was what, crazy. What, the Watchmen stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys about that. Yeah. And there was something intros. flying around raping the corpses, too. It was crazy. Raping the corpses. Raping them corpses. Raping yeah. getting started here. Should we? Why? Are we here for a reason? Yeah, I think so. Oh, oh, I know what the reason is. Hey, everybody. What? Huh? Huh? It's 11 o'clock comics once again, and I am Vince B. Yes, you are, and I'm Chris Neesman. You is. I'm David Price. And I'm Ozymandias. (laughs) 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 Who's writing you now? Back again for the first time. No, you are not Ozymandias. You... No, you, you're much better looking. You are, and more. I always in, say Asmundeus too. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. However, yeah, it's said he's not him. He's much more intelligent and better looking. It's our very own golden boy, Jason Wood, in the what house. Up. What he up? with the effeminate hands. How do you guys oh, say? Oh uh, my god! Do you say Mixelplick uh, <laughs> or do you say Mixia's Pitlick? Say Mixia's Pitlick. Mixes Pitlick. I say I an annoying say short play, bastard. But yeah, I mean, I when 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 I was a young and I would say Mixelplick just to get it over with. But I do know that you know it's a lot longer than that. So yeah, yeah mix Pitlick. Yeah. It? yeah, yeah, mix, yeah, 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 whatever. I would say like Mixia's Pitlick. Right. Add another vowel or something. Yeah, and this pronunciation right. lesson has been brought to you by. Look at this. Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get all the books we talk about tonight at significant discounts, way below retail, far below. 35 to 75% off their monthly spotlighted specials. They wrap them up real secure, sometimes too much tape. I have a hard time getting those bags open. 
Uh, Pack and oh. Barry, I do. For, for, like somebody on the Twitter will say, first world First problem. world problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, stick them in a box real nice and snug. Ship them right to your door. You don't even have to get out of your bed. You can go get your... Well, you do have to get out of your bed to get the comics. But you can go back to bed after you get them from the UPS guy. They're the best in the business. Discount comic book service. DCBService.com. And I would like to thank some lady out there named Christina for that iTunes review because it was nice. Oh, yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. Oh, how nice of her. Cool. Stay sexy, my lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you very much, whoever you may be. It was Christina. Oh, 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 the Christina. The, the Christina. Christina. Capital T H E. Oh, that's awesome. Hence the why Vince is mentioning it during the DCBS spot. You betcha. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. If you were Ozymandias, you would know that. Yeah, see. <laughs> that I'm not. For real. So here we are, back again. It you feels like a here. long time since we threw down. Yeah, it really, really hasn't been. It's been a week. It's been a whole well, week, it, dude. It feels well, yeah, good. but you know the whole, you know, eleven o'clockers and the holidays. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm ready to get back into our regular groove. What was last week? As opposed to last week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rusty, Rusty Fender. Trombone. Maybe, uh, maybe last week I didn't feel like uh, it was our best episode. Oh, oh I thought wow. it was good. I don't know. I don't even remember. You don't even remember, do you? you no idea. No idea. That's okay. Christopher My brain Dragus. is... Oh, yes. Drink roll call. Um, yes, Vince, why don't you lead us off with uh, with what you are drinking tonight? Okay. I'm drinking something new. I've probably had it before, but I don't believe I've ever partaken of this during the show. It's called Extra Gold. Slow brewed okay. lager. It's really cheap, and it's good. I think a case of thirty was like uh, fourteen bucks. <laughs> this has got to be good. Yeah. Now it's comparable to Yingling. It has the same kind of taste to it, but not as full as Yingling. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Cut rate. Yeah. What do you want, David? How about you? Uh, was on this bottle. Redwood Creek Merlot. Crick. Up the crick. Nice. Out in the crick. Nice. Uh, and uh, and Jason. Die, Dr. Pepper. Oh, uh, We're still in the stages of um, the... That time uh, of year again, huh? It tastes rebuild. good, people. It's just about the taste. How come? I was wondering like today. Because I was thinking about you. I was okay. thinking when you started the whole uh, reworking of your body. What was it? Two years ago? A little more than that, but yeah. Yeah, and you called it Project Rebuild. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you call it Project Rebirth? I don't know. <laughs> no, just to tie into the whole comic book thing. Yeah, I got no idea. I just uh, came up with Rebuild. I, I know why, because you were so excited to rework your body that you said, fuck it, I don't care what I call it, I'm doing it. It's the truth. That's right. See? You know it. All right, I'm in there. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. I got to look like, I got I mean, when I'm standing next to you at a con... I can look good, you know? Yeah, like that's ever going to happen. <laughs> oh, boy. Thug. It's going to happen in April. <laughs> you it hasn't could... happened in two and a half years. Yeah. Well, I wonder why. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, <laughs> Worst freaking episode ever. Nice. Uh, all right, Christopher, what are you drinking? I, uh, I'm i having a, a, a 
my own recipe of a uh, a giant size hot toddy. It was uh, the drink I did for my comic shots article at uh, oh, over yeah. at iFanboy. So if uh, if you want the full recipe, you can head on over there and also uh, read about uh, my, some of my thoughts on uh, the awesome uh, Jacques Tardy. Uh, Arctic Marauder, but uh, it's basically a, a giant mug, a giant coffee mug, and uh, I use rye whiskey, uh, brown sugar, uh, or honey if you want, uh, a, a slice of lemon uh, with cloves um, stuck into it, and uh, just fill that up with uh, boiling hot water from your tea kettle. Let it sit for a few minutes, and you have a a a wonderful, uh, warm, soothing drink for these uh, frigid, absolutely frigid uh, winter days that we're having in the mid-50s. That's some good stuff right there. Yeah, yeah it is good mm-hmm. stuff. But are you guys, have you had winter yet? Sure. Uh, in October. <laughs> yeah. We had yeah. that nor'easter and, yeah. and lost power. And yeah. yeah. Oh, 50 damn, 55 damn degrees today. It was there about have, 60 today. There, there have been dandelions spotted. In Pennsylvania. Did you hear that? No. No, we, no, no. Nope. Dandelions. Get out, really? What? Yeah. Really? Well, they're yeah gonna, some... once, once, once the winter, once we get cold again, they'll be dormant until next spring. Yeah, shit's not right. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, you got dandelion, dandelions in January, there's something's not right. Yeah, they, they were talking at the uh, Botanical Gardens this morning and how... How some of the uh, cherry blossoms have, have bloomed, and once once it gets cold enough for a couple of days, and the blooms fall out, that's that's going to be it until uh, for the season for for the rest of this year until next spring. So I mean, I don't wow. I don't know what you know what, what global what warming man for I know or climate change, but I don't. Yeah, it's I just it it freaks me out for summer. I don't know how how good summer's going to be now. I know last summer it was kind of wet and and. Um, the winter before, a year ago, I mean, we we were we had over thirty inches of snow by this time. So it's something's out of whack, and I yeah, don't I don't think it's I, all that great. You know, I think global warming is a crock of shit, but I not um, I haven't decided on climate change yet. Well, I think it's I mean, Meaning, I think it's just the natural evolution of the right, world, right? That's what I mean. I, I I think it's a natural thing. I don't think it's anything we caused or or instigated. Oh, uh, no. uh, I don't know about that, dude. Nah. There, there are a lot more of us, and 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 with with shit we're doing, I don't know. I I, I don't know. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's hey, talk you know about what? some comics. Let's yeah. talk about yeah. something really. We're happy. gonna have like eight pages of scientific shit on the on, on the episode thread now. So, all right, before we move on, I think we should congr- congratulate our buddy for a recent and much deserved development in his life, and that's Mister Mike Norton. Yay. Yay. Yeah, that battle pug is going to be published by Dark Horse. What are they collecting? Mm-hmm. The whole first, uh, I guess, a year. It'll be a year by now, right? That's insane. It seems like it just started. Well, I mean, it's it's every Monday. So I mean, that's that's yeah. you're, you're looking at some odd. So I mean, it's it'll be. It's hot. No, oh, it's 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 a great strip, and I mean, I I love reading it, but it'll be nice to actually have. So I'm not going to hand you know Mike my computer and ask him to sign it at least now i'll have something that he can sketch in so <laughs> that is awesome would but, you sign uh, my ipad would you say yeah you but, would <laughs> but it's sure. it's um no it's it's um it is awesome and i'm i am really happy for him and it's 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 well deserved and i think after so this is dark horse i think except for maybe avatar and like abstract is there been a publisher mike has not worked for yet i don't know man. Uh, he's, he's done a lot 
Yeah, he's been owning yeah, that DC Marvel. Yeah. Uh huh. So it's but it's it's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that and the uh, another we were asked I was asked by our good buddy Mr. Matthew Burden um, he uh, he wants the listeners to know especially I guess those over in England uh, to let them know that they can um, they can go to uh, to YouTube and look at the latest the newest uh, FPW Future Pro Wrestling trailer. Uh, and it's uh, the the show is on Saturday, February 11th, at uh, Wallington Public Hall in Surrey. Um, I'll put the link in the uh, in the show notes in the episode thread. And uh, but it's I mean I, I'm I'm checking out the the trailer. I looked at it real quick this afternoon, and I mean they have it. They they have not. I haven't heard of everybody, but I have heard of some people, and they and they put on a pretty funky looking show. I, if I was over there, I would definitely be checking it out in person. He's a player. He is, dude. He's a baller, a shot caller. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to meet. I would love to meet Mm -hmm. Matt in person. I can't. Eventually, it will happen. Oh yes. uh, I'm gonna. uh, We're actually gonna try and make it over to England later this year. Really? Gonna try to. All of our all of our friends and and us, uh, unfortunately, are uh, getting ready to hit the big four zero. So I (laughs) think we're we're looking at. at taking a, uh, a a group trip to uh, to the UK to kind of celebrate all of our birthdays at once. Nice. Yeah. So we'll see. Speaking of ballers, Jesus. <laughs> what? You're baller. What? In the UK. <laughs> I think I go to the UK this afternoon. Just Why not? The <laughs> That's how Chris rolls. That's how they do it. The Third yeah. Coast. Yeah. Hell so. yeah. Get those cheap flights from Chicago, Vince. <laughs> now, while we have you on the spot, Christopher, I think mm-hmm. there was something that you wanted to talk about last week, and I am itching to jump back into this. Uh oh, uh, are we going to jump into uh, the Neonomicon talk? You betcha. Yeah, we are. All right, because a week that was kind of everyone's assign assignment was to uh, yes. was to read uh, Neonomicon. Yes. A- actually, the courtyard, if you had a chance. Yes. Um. So oh, did boy. did everybody did everybody read it? You betcha. Uh, I've it's, not read the courtyard, but I've read Neonomicon. Did you uh, did you feel uh, after uh, the third issue of Neonomicon that you uh, maybe needed to take a shower? No, um, <laughs> I was feeling pretty randy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was one of the more interesting uh, individual issues that I've uh, I've read in a while. I was you know I had read I had read the first issue whenever whenever it first came out and I was like oh okay I'll probably just read this whenever it, you know it gets all collected and uh, and so I had not uh, I had not read that yet and uh, good lord <laughs> that was yeah that was I, that know, I almost feel bad for Jason why because. I think, having not read The Courtyard, I think you're missing a huge chunk of the story. Huh. That, that's the reason why they bundle The Courtyard with Neonomicon in the, in the trade, because I think the two are inseparable. You, you, you cannot go from um, Neonomicon and just, like, there, there's a slight recap when the uh the agents are in the uh the FBI safe house and they're monitoring mm-hmm. the, you know they they talk about Aldo Sachs and what went on but unless you experience the last eight no 10 pages of the courtyard you're missing a huge chunk of the story 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's fairly important. Um, kind of, you know, as and this is really a stretch, but you know, as as the Hobbit is to the Lord of the Rings. I mean, it it really is kind of an important important part to kind of set set the world. Well, and, break it down for me then, because I because I, I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed Neonomicon, but I'm okay. tell me about the courtyard. Well, you have uh, FBI agent Aldo Sachs, and his specialty is anomalous patterns. Like he picks up uh, on seemingly se- seemingly unconnected right. patterns, and and he can piece together uh, some sort of trend where other people, other trained people, notice nothing. So so he has this. I I don't know if it's a paranormal skill, but it's at least it's an above average skill. Yeah, right. he kind of he kind of pioneered what they call anomaly theory, and you know the, the whole idea is that he is a a federal agent that gets called in to solve seemingly unsolvable cases that that are, are connected, but they don't know why, and mm-hmm. uh, and so he he does that, and uh, um, but he gets involved in um, uh, in a case that uh, lead, leads him to uh uh unexpected answers uh, i guess is is the right. the best way to put it so there's a series of murders jason and um the bodies are dismembered in a certain fashion their hands mm-hmm. are cut off and their their torsos are cut in a way where uh surgical precision actually because the the shape of the skin flaps when the the <coughs> perpetrator peeled back the skin it's in the shape of a somewhat of a star but okay. the the neat thing about the murders is one was committed by a young boy who who had a a penchant for classical music um you know a good kid the other one was uh some Drifter, uh, like a homeless hip, drifter. Yeah, like a homeless guy did one, and another a homeless guy was found with heads in a bag, and uh, and and drugs, and the uh, another like a hipster from Seattle. But they they all have ties to this the music of this band called the Ulthar Cats, and uh, Sax kind of pieces t- it together that okay. The, we have three perps that are seemingly unconnected. What's the deal? Why is this Ulthar cat so important? And, and he eventually boils it all down to this club, uh, Club Zothique, I guess you could say. And and there's um, the repetition of this symbol, this starry eye symbol. Um, and he meets an informer, and, and he gets so deep into this this case where he notices that you know there's a lot of occult shit going on like you know what's the deal it's things are tied to what he thinks is a drug called aclo he thinks aclo's dmt <coughs> okay because that's what either what's he what he's been told or what what he's 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 pieced together but um aclo's not a drug at all um and uh it, it leads him to a a man named Johnny Carcosa whose face is you've seen him in Neonomicon it's the guy with the, the, the with the, the face shielded by the kerchief, uh, who has that really cool lisp, that speech impediment, that they which write. is a, such a pain in the ass to read. <laughs> <laughs> you have to that, read it out uh, loud, isn't it? Don't you? Yeah, and and I I understand 
why the character talks that way, but what oh it yeah it, it gets old after a while. I'm just like oh, please someone send me an, an interpreter. <laughs> but but the the Johnny Carcosa character is really important, extremely important because the courtyard is very meta. It, it, it's it, so what does um, Aldo Sachs do? He's he picks up on anomalous patterns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Moore almost makes the reader become Aldo Sachs because the story is littered with H.P. Well, Lovecraft references. I, um, and I, th- and I think, and, and, it, and it becomes a little bit more apparent in, uh, in Neonomicon, but, but um, do you feel like, like Aldo Sachs was Alan Moore's interpretation of, of H.P. Lovecraft? I mean, oh, he is H.P. Lovecraft. He, okay, okay. That's, yeah. So I, I, I was not wrong. In the, the, in the Neonomicon, the whole part with him being adverse to sexual... Yes. Um, contact yeah. that was Lovecraft. Uh, Lovecraft was also, for a large part of his life, uh, a disgusting racist. Yeah, I mean he was he he was Anglo-Saxon uh, in descent, and he f- he uh, pictured himself as the chosen race, and and, and very all, Aryan. Yeah, 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 and people of color were were inferior. But he kind of repented towards the end of his life. But when these stories were written, no. But mm-hmm. the, but I mean back to the courtyard. The the the, the uh, Johnny Carcosa character <coughs> is is both a symbolic link to Robert Chambers' uh, collection called The King in Yellow. Um, it's a it's a collection of half of its horror stories, half of it is like Victorian type um, love stories in a sense. But but the the horror stories are the things that H.P. Lovecraft picked up on. Because the, the King in Yellow was written in 1895. Mm-hmm. And, and Lo- Lovecraft was very into Chambers' work. And um, the neat thing about the King in Yellow is there's a pseudo-play-slash-book called The King in Yellow that appears within those stories. So it's like a thematic link to those things. Uh, and so Lovecraft... Well, no. Uh, Chambers borrowed the name Carcosa from Ambo- Ambrose Bierce. That's the thing that went on with all these guys. They cross pollinated like crazy. Yeah. And and um, they added is, to the the everything is connected. Aspect yeah. The the the, the mythos, the Cthulhu mythos is. Uh, there's been dozens of authors that have perpetuated that mythology, and that's what Moore is doing in this story. He's he's dropping all these little Lovecraft and Bierce and Chambers references in the book. So the reader almost has to become Aldo Sachs in order to piece all this together. Like yeah. everything in the courtyard is <coughs> part of the Cthulhu uh, mythos in, in, in a sense. Like the Ulthar cats, there's a, a Lovecraft story with a similar title. Yeah. The, the their, their songs are, their songs oh, are all from yeah. Lovecraftian stories. Rats and, in the Wall. Um, the, lead, the lead singer of, of one of the bands is mm-hmm. is named after one of the characters, and yeah, so yep. it's all it's all you know Cthulhu legend stuff. So it's um, yeah, it's, but, it, it's cool. So if you're in the know, you're piecing this stuff together. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're saying, okay, this came from this story. I recognize this from a Beers thing. So you're doing what Aldo Sachs does. You're piecing together these. Uh, not so anomalous, but they might as well be to the average reader, right? Uh, events, and, and you're in a sense slipping into all those uh, shoes. But the cool thing 
about the Neonam, uh, about the courtyard, and that's why I wish that that Jason wrote it or, or read it was. Ooh, I wish I wrote it too. Oh uh, yeah, the Aclo. It, like I said, it's not a drug, and when Johnny Carcosa administers the Aclo to Sachs, he completely remapped his neural pathways. Yeah, and he does it in three phrases. Uh, and more, uh, and by yeah. way of Aclo, Aclo's it's the power of language, not not a drug, right? But it's it is yeah, it's it's it is a language, right? But it's triggering prehistoric memories, but they're not really prehistoric memories when you get to the Neonomicon. That's why this thing is yeah. so fucked up. The uh, the first thing he utters to him is Zaye. And in short, this is the nothing that surrounds the something. It's it's a concept that's outside of and larger than thought. You cannot possibly conceive this concept according to what's written in the text. And, and the second phrase, he says, "Donah," and and that's the receptacle, the container that defines the concept. Like uh, I think they compare it to the hand in the glove. It, it gives meaning to the external. Without the, the, the hand, the glove is meaningless, right? And then the last keyword is when all his, his dendrites fuse. His mental landscape changes in order to accept this new, um, I don't want to call it a status quo because it's something it's a, way It's bigger. a new reality. It's way, yeah, it's way bigger than that. And, and uh, Moore goes on to uh, describe it like time roses. That's the neatest concept from my th- the courtyard. He he describes time like a rose, that that events are like the petals and they wrap and encircle each other and overlay each other. That time is not linear, it's not long, it's wide. This story is so damn cool, and and and, and it's two issues. Like how much? What's two, the, issues. Yeah, it's, it's two issues. It's two issues. Okay, and it was and it was originally a. Um, uh, Alan Moore uh, prose short story that uh, that they adapted to comics, and Anthony Johnson uh, did the uh, did the the scripting, I guess the the adapting. Uh, it's still drawn by by Burroughs, who did uh, who did Neonomicon. You know what I what I liked about uh, what I liked about the the courtyard is that it, it didn't go down that uh, that traditional route where i mean this is obviously he's you know sax is a is a brilliant fbi agent but he stumbles into something that he is you know, quite frankly not prepared for he's not yeah. it's yeah, not that he's be. not prepared to, to handle it but um it it, it kind of breaks his, <laughs> it, it breaks his brain and yeah okay it's almost as if the, the future this um Roulet, as as it's called, with Cthulhu and and the whole elder gods and and the the, the the whole mythology is reaching from the past or from the future back into the past, but it's already been established because uh, at one point uh, Sack says, "I realize now that these things they were us, but they're not yet us. Like we've yet to become these things, but they already were us." 
So that again, like the rose, that there's there's events that are just overlaid upon each other. The future is the past, and the past is the future. And it's all happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a mind twist. It really yeah. is. When yeah. when, when Sachs was but, walking back to his apartment, I I loved how every panel or every page was in the background. Somewhere on that panel was the previous pages panel. Yeah, his you can see his journey like. Um, Events in him leaving Carcosa's apartment and and wa- you know walking down the street and you could see events that happened before he was at a certain point in the background. Yeah, it, it's what the hell? It's freaking me out. It's it's just disturbing. It it it's really unsettling and the dildos and everything. But there's and that's the thing though. But I mean, but there's no. It it's unlike Neonomicon in the sense that there is no. There's no sex. There's no. It's different than the other four issues because so it's, it's much just, more it's, like. Um, it's more like I mean, a, a. He's a detective. He's basically. But it's also more like Lovecraftian, right? Because I mean, Lovecraft really wasn't explicit sexually, typically. No, like, but yeah. I I agree with one of the characters in Neonomicon. He wasn't explicit, but his creatures are hella sexual. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. What I'm saying is, but I guess what I'm still not getting from you guys though is um, is what why am I not reading the courtyard changed the. You know, cause, because I'm still not hearing how it's really related directly to the to the Neonomicon. Well, I mean, it it, it sets it sets up who who Aldo Sax is, which is is pretty important to uh, to Neonomicon. But more than anything, I, I think it's just kind of developing the world um, that you're that you're being introduced to. Mm-hmm, you know, because yeah. it's it that is that's it's the same it's the same landscape. You you get to revisit a lot of the same characters again. So mm-hmm. I d I don't think that it's absolutely necessary for the you know for for reading Neonomicon. It it certainly enhances it and and is it's, is useful. You yeah, you don't get the concept of, of time. You don't get the, the 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 author's definition of time as it applies to these two stories. You don't get that. No, in, yeah, but in, the, yeah, but you get that at the end of Neonomicon, whenever she's talking to Sax about about kind of her journey and and what happened. So that that's explained. And you know, uh, I love the wall around the courtyard with that image that that looks like it. Yeah, it looks like it bleeds into the. The, yeah. the wall itself, that's crucial to the story because that's what's happening. You're, you're getting uh, a, a higher mathematical plane being overlaid onto this version of reality. That's what's happening here. And the, the picture just illustrates it perfectly, right? The way it just sucks into the wall. Uh, and the last thing that I really appreciate it was the last page, how you have uh, Aldo and he's choking the shit See, now, I, I, had to go one back his... to, I had to go back to well I don't think he was just choking him because I went back to the first issue and the first two panels his shirt's clean right but but what I mean is how the language changes from English to uh, oh okay right 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 Cthulhu speak and then the very last word is fini- it's like fini written in Aklo so the 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 old mode of thinking is gone and it's been supplanted with this this new way this is just a great freaking story i mean as as but, but since we if if you just read Neonomicon and you you you're, you're introduced to sax when he's in basically the the sanitarium and and 
and then you have you have um, Perlman talk about how you know how when Sachs snapped and went after him, and that's how he lost his hand. Basically, I mean, the courtyard basically just just lets you know how Sachs was in air quotes normal and what made him do what he what he did to get in mm-hmm. to the stand, right. to, to the to the penitentiary. So, I mean, you're, I I. I'm with Jason in that, you know, I mean, I, I read the courtyard and, and I'm glad I did, but it's, it's not like, I don't know if I was reading the courtyard and then if I read, if, if I read Neonicon and then went back and read the courtyard, I don't know if anything really would have, for me anyway, but I mean, this is me, I don't know if anything would have, if I would have had a light bulb going, oh, okay, that connects to that. I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I see them as, I mean, they're, they're two good stories and they, and you, you should read them in order. And I mean, it, it, it's in the hardcover for a reason. So I mean, it's there. It's all part of it because it's the same continuing the story. But um, it's I don't think it's it's not more of the same. It's just it's, it's just some extra layers to the story. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of what I was asking. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I mean, it, it sounds like I'm I would enjoy the courtyard, mm-hmm. but again, I don't. Like it sounds to me like it's uh it's it's um like it's something that's pertinent to the overall setting, but it, again, it didn't like I'm, I'm still not clear. Yeah. It like, doesn't affect well, you know, well, you know, what, it, okay because I didn't it, feel it, like I missed anything in the anomaly. Yeah, right, it's, like, it's it's kind of like I said. It's if you if you read the Lord of the Rings, the all th- yeah, you know the the three, you can do that without reading the Hobbit. But if oh, you definitely. if you read the Hobbit, you get a, a little a little deeper understanding of the world and yeah, and the know. setup for things. So mm-hmm. okay. and um, Carcos is a main character in the courtyard. I think he's just a plot device. He's he's in, very much in, a plot in device. The, the he's an he's an he's an avatar. He's not even yeah. Yeah. he's not even he's not even technically yeah. a a real living right. and, breathing being he's an avatar for and, and not only is he based on uh chambers king in yellow he's also based on the priest in yellow from um lovecraft's dream quest of unknown kadath have you ever read that Mm-mm. and 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 what the priest does in in lovecraft's story is he takes <coughs> randolph cotter we've heard that name before right randolph, randolph cotter he takes Randolph to uh, Nyarlatho. I can never say that. Nyarlathotep, one of the Elder Gods. Uh, in Neonomicon, Carcosa tells Agent Breers he's an avatar of Nyarlathotep. This Lovecraftian words, they just tie your tongue up. So he, he's the link between the our reality, right? And and in the 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 Lovecraftian, uh, starry wisdom type reality, and without him, you you, re- you really have. I mean, there's not nothing moves. He he's at the center of everything. If he didn't screw up, Saks, the Anomicon would have never happened. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, mean, that's I, I, that's I, I, one I of the you. reasons why. I, I just I don't know. Maybe I, it's my unwillingness to separate the two. I, I sure. just I th- I think I think there was a reason why they they published them together, but whatever. Let, sure. Let's let's move on, right? Got to do Neonomicon real quick. Not real quick, but quick enough. David had a part uh, a trouble with this uh, one line in this story that that he couldn't figure out, and and I want to see his reaction when I lead him 
kind of down the right road. I Jason, why, yeah, remember the, the when you said uh, Johnny Carcosa says something to uh, Agent um, Brears about Asian Mary? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, You're yes. Like, yes, what yes, the hell does yes. that mean? Yeah, I had yeah. to keep saying it over and over again. But okay, yeah, go ahead. Read it again. What does he say to her? I forget the whole phrase, but it does end in 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 Asian Mary, right? It be Asian Mary. So right, he says you're you're a nun. See, Asian Mary. Say it faster. That's what I was trying to do, and it still wouldn't. Annunciation, Mary. Oh, hilarious! That's what. It's her. It's her annunciation. She is the Madonna. She is going to give birth to the Roulet and, <laughs> and the the elder gods and Cthulhu and like she is. She is the mother. She's she's huh. the the Virgin Mary. And as and as and yeah, and, and I, I was telling you last night the the um it didn't dawn on me. I mean, I was just I was sucked in. I was just going page by page, and I just I mean, and that was this just. My few notes. I mean, aside from the art, I just I am very surprised at how, um, I guess, well, undense this book is. Uh, just to read it, it's not it, it's not text heavy. There, there aren't a lot of word balloons. It's just, I mean, the the, the art and and the way Burroughs has has all the pages laid out with the, all the panels being widescreen like that. I mean, it, it's clean. it's it is clean. It's great. It's 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 beautiful. But I mean, it's not. This isn't. This is Alan Moore to me. Th- this did not read like really? now Moore story. Alan Moore to me is a goddamn chameleon because th- I did not pick up on on the person who who wrote Watchmen or those Tales of the Green Lantern. For, sure, or from I mean, this was just this was unlike anything I've read from Moore, and and I think that's just so when when you know I am I am leaning towards as as I think about everybody else who I've read who's written comic books over the years, I. I kind of have to. I'm I'm leaning towards the camp that does say that that he is just bar none the greatest comic book writer. I I can't. Wow. It, it no. I mean I. What's so wow about that? No, I love him for saying that. Oh, I, I, know. Well, I, I was mean, gonna it, say it's stating obvious. And you, but yeah. you you're getting to it exactly, David. And that that's that's the point I always make about Moore is that uh, not only does his hit rate through the roof, and that that. The vast majority, if not almost all of what he's ever written, has been good to great. Mm-hmm. But it's the it's the vastly different tones, settings, genres. Mm-hmm. He he can handle them all, and uh, and that's unusual. I mean, that's yeah. something that that you know. I mean, that, I I, I kind of mentioned it last week when I was talking about Morrison and Fantastic Four, and it's it's that that just felt like any other type of Morrison story and and it, but here again I mean I I could pick up Watchmen right now and I mean and there's just every page just you could have Dave Gibbons drawing nine panels on a page but every page is going to have so many word balloons and everybody's got something to say and it's just it's it's dense it's heavy it takes a while to get through this was nothing this was I mean there were the, the pictures told the story I was more yeah I, I, I was just more engrossed in what Jason Burroughs put on the page and then I because I, I had to keep going back and seeing who was who? I had to see, you know, what was this person's name and how because I, I completely kind of just blew by the words. I, I was really paying very little attention to what was written on the page. And it was just it there was um but because I was just so engrossed in it when when uh when she pissed, when she when she had to pee. And and that <laughs> it didn't it it didn't hit me until after she was saved. Uh-huh. At at 
at why he did what he did. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. So, I mean, it, the, the, it, you mean the Cthulhu pregnancy test? Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. And, and, uh, and once, once, um, I mean, it, it, it clicked at that point. I knew, you know, why she was, you know, why she acted the way she did throughout the rest of the issue. But, um, no, I mean, this was just, I mean, Alan Moore's great. I just, I'm going to say that and then I'll let you guys talk. Yeah. I, I got to take issue with the people that said the uh, the sex scenes were <coughs> unnecessary or gratuitous. They're, they're, com- they're, they're completely necessary. Oh, they're totally gratuitous. Yeah, but... Well, but they are, but the reason kind of... why there's so much sex going on is because they were tapping the orgone energy. That, right. That vril energy. The thing was attracted to a buildup of that energy. So, yeah, they had this... They they, they had to have sex, and I mean, and it was just, I mean, it it was just sodomy and everything else. But I mean, it's not to the level of what you find in in Druna or in uh, or or in Penthouse Comics. I mean, it's it's just this was just this was necessary for the story, I would think. Yeah, and it's it's cool that the the thing that she used to beat herself up, like the sex addiction, addiction, Mm -hmm. was the thing that. Uh, that that was her saving grace at the end. Yeah, but she 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 embarked on a life of uh, you know wanton sex capades with anyone and everyone. I mean, she's she's screwed her boss, yeah, yeah. Perlman, and and she because she said I did it because I didn't really like myself all that much. I was I was beating myself up and punishing myself, and, and it was through that sexual ordeal that she purchased that. And at the end, she's she's. You can tell she's very happy with who she is. She knows what she's here for and why she exists, and she has relay in her in her uterus. So she 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 has she finds a purpose. I was just I it, I was I was gutted when when her partner was done away with, and oh, that man. I was I so wasn't I mean I wasn't expecting it, but I was just like oh I like him, but yeah yeah he was all right yeah yeah he had to be gotten rid of the I know be, because he was black too yeah. yeah. I mean, thematically, it fits in with the, the whole oh, uh, yeah, Lovecraft yeah. thing. But um, I, th- I had a laugh at the part when the one guy says, hey, you know, you want to suck his dick after we dump the body? I don't care what you do. That's your business. <laughs> that is that low, man. Yeah. Uh, but did anybody pick up on why in the courtyard the cities don't have the domes over them and in the Anomicon they do? I did not. I, I just do they not, not have the domes in courtyard? No, I didn't notice any. Okay, but I, maybe maybe that section of uh, Brooklyn didn't have the domes over it. But if you look in in the Anomicon, there's a lot of sections where they they explicitly show the dome in the background, like the the webbing. Um, yeah, that yeah. was the only that, that was the only time. Oh I wait, we can. They, they they never really explain the uh, the they domes. Don't. No, no. no it's don't. very curious. Like, what did those domes do? Are they energy collectors? Are they protecting the the cities from the sun? You don't know. It's it's just very strange. Yeah, strange. And if you look in um, the Anomicon, where when when Sax goes to um, Carcosa's building, you can't see a dome in in the on page um, three of the the second part. They show a, a sky shot. There's no dome over it. And it, it's you can tell in the Anomicon, there's a big ass dome over that city. So something happened between the Anomicon or uh, the courtyard and the Anomicon that they 
that facilitated the need for these domes, whatever their purpose. I don't know. Yeah, because they're it, it, it's interesting because they're never really explained. So no, no, they're not. No. There's a a serial number or a a bunch of letters on one of the pieces of metal on a page, but I don't really think they're that important. It says uh, SB15, whatever. I don't. I still don't know what that means. So. In the one part, you can kind of see a face reflected in the dome, but it, it's not really obvious. So it just may be my eyes piecing together random bits, but it looks to me like a face in the corner. Again, who can say? It, it, there's, there's nothing said. I mean, Moore doesn't even drop a clue, does he? Not that I picked up. No, no, not that yeah. I picked up. So, Christopher, well, what, what, what's your take on Neonomicon? Um, I'm glad I read it. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'll if I'll be revisiting uh, anytime soon. You know, it's like okay, this is you know you walk in, it's like this is Alan Moore's uh, take on Cthulhu horror, and that's exactly what it was. It was it was smart. It was you know all of the information was meticulously put together. It was you know the everything that we've come to expect from you know Alan Moore as a writer from dialogue to plot and and all that kind of stuff but uh, yeah that third issue I was I was reading it and I was like I feel naughty reading this <laughs> <laughs> this it was uh it was it was creepy especially whenever uh the the whole thing about her not having not being able to have her contacts in and so she's basically oh, yeah. so she's basically like half blind through the entire the entire deal. So, you know, being raped by a giant wizard Cthulhu monster when you're basically half blind, it's that was, yeah, that was a little freaky. Well, I kind of love that um, she had, uh, she ended up getting, um, what's that syndrome called? Uh, Stockholm syndrome, you know, where mm-hmm. she sort of almost like, <laughs> like came to like, uh, Identify with this creature? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. You know? Which is just insane. But but more plants um clues. saved her life. Yeah, but more plants clues in the story that she realizes that because she has studied Lovecraft in I think she said college, college. that her whole life has been leading up to this. Or so she mm-hmm. so she thinks. Mm-hmm. So that either may be her way of rationalizing with what with what happened to her, or she actually was chosen by something in the it past was fate. to to be the the uh madonna of uh roulet so i don't know i you know what I, the, honestly i i'm no hyperbole i think this is one of the best things Moore has ever written hmm i don't know if um, i'm ready to go that far yeah i don't it, know if i'm ready to go that far just because conceptually I mean, you, you don't think so well again i liked it i just i think it's probably too far fueled of the stuff i normally would enjoy to um put it up there with like I mean because I think Morse written literally the best comics ever so it's hard to but it's very good like I can't I can't say that you're wrong necessarily but I don't I don't it's not my initial feeling on it see because it works on a a number of levels to me it's obviously Alan Moore's love letter to Lovecraft and and in 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 that respect it's extremely meta the the thing has signposts on on almost every page leading back to, to Lovecraft whether it's you know the books in the bookshop or the street names or the characters names or uh 
Lovecraftian locations. Uh, it, it's it's very much meta in the sense that it's a story about Lovecraft's mm-hmm. literary creations, but it's it also uses Lovecraft's literary creations as a fictional device and a real device. Like there's a question postulated in here that maybe love maybe Lovecraft's stories weren't inspired by maybe the, the his fiction was inspired by something real and not the other way around mm-hmm. maybe he pulled all these instances from uh, the reality of you know uh, human existence instead of you know, just being an, a writer throwing all these things that's the same question with the ne- necronomicon there are people that say oh, lovecraft created that it's just a, a literary device he used in his books and then there are other people that say no because this guy like john d translated and translated a version in 17 whatever and it's been hidden for 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 centuries and it's so it's almost the the ambiguity of it the the uncertainty of it that's a big part of it that's part i like who cares mm-hmm. if the if the necronomicon is real or not it it is real in a sense that it does appear in life so i i don't i don't care if it's real or not but and and i just think conceptually it's crazy the fact that the future has yet to happen so it reaches out into the past to make itself happen that's bizarre i i, I love that i love those kind of concepts see and even if even if you're not even looking to see you know, the the rose effect. I mean, just a straight story from from the beginning of Neonomicon to, to, to the last issue. Just a straightforward story. It it still works. You, you don't have to go digging for anything. I know that the courtyard yeah. will, will add to that, but I mean, I without and I mean, I'm I right here on my desk. I, I have Tales of H.P. Lovecraft with a pretty funky Mike Mignola cover of of of, uh, of Cthulhu, and and it's I'm going to now. Now that I have a little bit more familiarity with 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 the author, but it's um you know it's not I if, if I were to just read that from just these two agents trying to you know find out what went wrong with, with, with the fellow agent and things get a little wonky and, and you know, her, her life takes a turn. I mean, it, it, it works on that level. But then if you want to, you're not, you're not hit over the head. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm being talked down to when I read this or, or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm stupid for not finding certain clues. And it's, it just, it works. It's just a straight story. And if, 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 if I dig deeper, then there's something more and it's more rewarding. So right. You're right. I might, I might read it sooner than Chris will reread it, but it's, it's one thing that, um, it's, it's not one of those books where I'm going to go, Hey, you know, Renee, you should check this out, but I'll, I, I, I am looking, I will, I now, I, I want the hardcover. Yes. Yeah. Not, not, not a book for your eight year olds. No, 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 no. I don't know how many more stories there are, but yeah, I know we need to move on, but I, I just want to, my favorite, my, absolute favorite sequence in Neonomicon is when uh, this is going to sound really weird but when Breers is getting raped and and you see the, weird at all. No, you, you see the creature holding her hand down and, yeah. and, and she's looking to, almost at the reader and the thing's going uh, like that and then it switches to, to Lang and you see Agent Breers sitting naked at the base of the ruins right? Mm-hmm. Look at the next page Carcosa is the sperm traveling through her uterus. There's, there, there's, it, I, without question, <laughs> there's a reason why they fashioned the page, the, the landscape like that. He's traveling down the canal, and he meets her, and 
this is the moment of conception because he says relay is in you on the next page he couldn't right. say that unless she was with child or th- there was some kind of meeting of the, hmm. the 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 egg and the sperm that's he's the sperm traveling down the, the the canal and then he he takes her hand and she helps him up they they join right there they touch each other and then he that's when he says uh what <coughs> what this is is you're a nun thee eighth and mary and that you this is your annunciation you are now the blessed mother you picked up on all that i did not yeah <laughs> i love this fucking book you do and, and and i'm glad that chris campbell sent it to me in hardcover because my floppies would be a dog-eared mess uh over the years because i'm going to read this, this bitch a million times you you can get something out of this more with, with every read it's just a great book but enough about this. We were talking about Neonomicon by Alan Moore and Jason Burroughs. It's made by Avatar, published by Avatar. Go get it because it's fantastic. But if you're a prude, page through it before. <laughs> <laughs> page through it beforehand because it's pretty raw in some spots. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it definitely is. It's explicit. All right. Yeah. Take the mic away from me. I don't want to talk anymore. Well, do we, I mean, since, since we're talking about Alan Moore, does anybody want to talk about today's news? I would love to. Go okay. ahead. Oh, uh, what do you? Because no, I have I I I disagree mm-hmm. with I disagree with you. I, I I do not share. No, I don't. You don't share my optimism. I do not. No, and and it's not. And I'll let you go. And I mean, I I I have a couple of points. And I mean, I'll just we'll run with them there. I don't. But no, I I I look forward to hearing why you are excited about reading before watching. Uh, I've got uh. A few different reasons, and I was, you know, kind of thinking about them today. Uh, first of all, they are doing exactly. If we roll back the tape to uh, when this was first rumored, this is exactly what I was hoping for: was a series of mini series that take place um, kind of before the main Watchmen story. I mean, Watchmen had a lot of a lot of flashbacks, but there's there's a lot of room between the raindrops to 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 write stories that that don't positively or negatively affect what happens in in Alan Moore's work so and Dave Gibbons work so that they're that they're doing uh, a series of mini series I think is awesome instead of doing another 12 issue maxi series you know this this gives people the option uh instead of having you know to buy the the one big series there are different there are different mini series that I mean we don't know if they're going to be connected or we're not at this point I kind of hope not that they're all standalone but you know if you are a Rorschach fan you can buy that <laughs> mini series if you're a Ozymandias fan you can buy that one if you're not you don't have to the other thing is um, DC did what they said they were going to and that was they were going to put their best available talent on it and you know whenever you see Brian Azzarillo and J. Michael Straczynski and Darwin Cook involved in the same project I that's they're they're not cutting corners on that you know it's we know that Cook is one of the absolute best in the biz you know top you know in my opinion that he's pretty much top of the mountain um and then Azarillo, uh, 
I, I love his work. I think he's going to be great for the for the grittier crime stuff. And then Straczynski, I know he takes a lot of heat for for how stuff, you know, the the Superman and and Wonder Woman stuff, how that how that you know kind of broke down. But whenever you look at what he does with a smaller window to to work with. He can do some pretty, some pretty brilliant stuff. So I think the creative teams look good. I think the format looks good. Uh, I, I think the the timing on it is right. It's yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. And for the timing is right. Um, yeah, it's been 25 years. I, I and think they, a couple of years since the movie. Yeah, that's that's fine. I, I you think, know what? I think that I agree with Chris. I think the timing is right, not because of the David origi- people. People don't buy comics because of movies. I understand. We, no, no, no. We've learned that. So it's. I, th- I think the time is is. I think it's a good time to do it. You, but in my opinion, the time is right because not because of the original Watchmen book, not because of the, not so much because of the the movie or the original book, but because and it's it's there's a thread on our forum. There are people out there that are feeling disillusioned with the new Fifty Two. The um, excitement is definitely waning. You look at the sales numbers. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Started started real high. Now they're going down a little bit. I think this is a really good opportunity for DC to kick maybe some of their sales numbers up and get back on the track. Because, like I said, a lot of a lot of the new Fifty Two didn't live up to expectations. Well, we were, it's, we were, and, and now they need another another. Uh, it's their second win. This is awesome time to do it. Yeah. I, you know, and I think expectations—you never live up to expectations, and and that's no. why, and that's why this Watchmen prequel project is probably, in a lot of ways, I don't want to say doomed to fail, but it's it's it has a, as good a chance of of getting positive fan reaction as the Star Wars prequel movies did. Because there's well, no- the reaction was great before they came out. Okay, well, but the- the, yeah, but the, there's there's no way that that these are going to live up to, or the Star Wars prequels were going to live up to what people had imagined in their minds. Now, now the difference the difference between those two is that DC is not going to sneak into your house and take Watchmen off your shelves True. and. And you know that is always going to be there. If if these if these prequels are good, bad, or or mediocre, it's not going to change how amazing Watchmen is. That's always going to be there. So the people that are hating on this, don't buy it. Don't read right. it. Just relax and go back and read Watchmen. It's going to be fine. You know the difference. Unfortunately, with Star Wars, is that George Lucas kind of yes. did sneak back into your house and and change the <laughs> original. So. So, so yeah, what's, I mean, I don't what's the opinion that, of Jason I, and David? What, what do well, you guys... I'm sort of where Chris just said. I, I, I really have absolutely no interest in it. Uh, so, but I'm not going to shit on other people that are down with it. That's cool. Right. I mean, yeah, no. Um, I, I, I agree with Chris. Like, the, the, the creative teams, um, I certainly think they are top-notch at times. Um, but I do think that the presumption of some that the creative teams guarantee they're going to be good... Um, doesn't beget recent history. Um, you know, again, Darwin did the spirit, and uh, while there certainly are some fans of it, it was not critically acclaimed. Um, Darwin Cook's spirit? Yeah. Darwin's spirit was fantastic. 
you think so? It didn't. It wasn't. It yeah. didn't sell well, and a lot of people didn't like it. So again, I'm just saying it wasn't. Well, it, well, it wasn't a guarantee of success. When he when he took over the Spirit, everyone <laughs> the spirit was really good. Everyone said the same thing. Oh my God, Darwin Cook and the Spirit it can't miss. Well, it missed. It missed. It barely sold. They only they could only get two trades out of it, and then they had to cancel it. Um, a, yeah, but I mean, what, obviously, Azarello predictable. To hear Azarello before First Wave came out, I mean, this was a dream project that he was doing. He was being given editorial control to handpick the creators. He was so excited to do it, and it fucking fizzled, and it fizzled big time. So all I'm saying is is I, I don't think because Azarello and Bermejo and Cook and those guys are involved that it guarantees that they're going to be good comics or sell well. Um, but that's, that's, said, true. That, that, that's true, but if you had seen, you, you know, and and we're not going to name names but but you know whenever there are second tier or third tier creators put on something yeah. uh, if if we had seen that as bi oh okay this is just a flat money grab um well i think it is a flat money grab regardless of what creators they have on it but but there's nothing wrong with that i mean the big two that's, their that's what business. they do. That's what they do. Uh, they 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 yeah. publish com- so, they publish and sell comics. Yeah, and 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 so um, I mean, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this. Um, and we talked like, you know, some people are reacting to it as if it's new news, but but it's you know, this, we talked about this a yeah. year year and a half ago yeah. uh, when it was first rumored. Every few months. Yeah. Do you, um, do you think I, that the Azarello presence on the first wave stuff is going to hinder the chances of success of this? Because I mean, Jason's right. No. That no. first wave stuff left a lot of bad. But he also I, I, he also wrote it, it, graphic novel. It, it, it can't have left yeah, that bad of a taste in anyone's mouth because not that many people bought it. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh I wait, think wait. That, plus, he wrote the the, the Batman the Flashpoint story. Everybody loved that. Yeah, and, and he's doing Wonder Woman. And he's doing Wonder Woman right now. Okay. So he's, he's, he's he's rebounding. No, here's yeah, what I would say about that. And again, I, I, I know that uh, David cringes when I say this because he wishes it weren't true, but very, very few creators in today's comic industry sell books because of their name. Right. Yeah. And and so um, while we and hardcore fans love Darwin and we love Brian and stuff, their names aren't going to sell the – DC doesn't want these books to sell 50,000 copies – in the direct market, they're hoping that they could catch a fraction of the lightning that the Watchmen book has caught broadly as it sells hundreds of thousands of copies every year. Mm-hmm. So I, if that's what they're hoping for, I think that's got almost no chance of happening. But if they're hoping that these are going to be well-done books that will surprise a lot of people and uh, be well-received within our very insular little industry, yeah, I think there's a good chance of that. And frankly, um, although I have no intention of trying them when they first come out, Certainly, if people whose opinion I trust, like Vince and Chris and you know Ron and Josh and and all the guys in the forums and stuff, if, if enough of those, people, <laughs> no, no, I'm saying that because David's not going to read them either. I'm not. I'm okay, not okay. No, I'm saying. I'm saying. I know David. He and I have already talked. I know he's not. Gonna, he's not going to jump on these at the start either. Oh. But what I'm saying is, is if if enough of you guys read them at the, when they come out and you say that they're some of them are really really good, yeah, I mean, I may try them. Um, I just, I just. If I'm a betting man, I'm I'm expecting these. Um, I was I sent I tweeted to Dan Slot a little bit today about this. I said because he was sort of venting about this too, and on the positive side of things, and I said, well, I don't think it's analogous in the sense that um, it depends what you're paying homage to, right? I mean, like Spider Island's gotten really good reviews, and I think it's partly because most people don't have a very fond remembrance of the Clone Saga. They view it as a fairly yeah. low point for Spider Man. So to take a lot of those ideas, refresh them into a more cohesive, updated story, it feels like a triumph. Yeah. So 
you know, Slot took low-hanging fruit and he built off that and it feels like he accomplished something. Even if these books are really, really well done, I think there's almost no chance they could feel anything other than derivative simply because Watchmen is one of the true masterpieces of yeah. the of the industry. And so it's 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 literally like uh you know, it's like um it's like a modern day cubist painting something that's evocative of Guernica. I mean, it may be awesome and, and some of the other works may be well respected by modern art critics, but to the layman they're gonna look at it and say, like, yeah, it's not Guernica. You know, it's it's I like it's, that it's, reference, buddy. So there I just go, right? I, feel, I I feel that that's what this is going to be like. saving that one up. Um, you know, and, and again, uh, part of this is because I hold Watchmen in the highest pedestal. I, I, I personally think it is the crowning achievement of, 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 of comic books in our lifetime. So I, I just, I, I don't, uh, I just don't see the need to go back to the well. Now, the one thing I will say, I, I don't have any disdain. I don't have any anger over this. Like, this is just typical business. Like I said, uh, today, I read something in Entertainment Weekly uh, that uh, that uh, nine of the ten highest-grossing films this past year were sequels, and uh, and I think another two or three of the top fifty, so like thirteen of the f- top fifteen or sixteen were sequels, and that's the state of of the industry. You well, know, there are three CSIs, there's yeah. two NCISs, there's four, well, there was four Law and Orders. Like we, Hollywood is in this mode where they're churning out. Uh, repeatable, familiar stuff, and you can't say they're wrong because that's the stuff that's selling, right? I well, mean, so- I, I, I think I think a very interesting point. Before people, and, and there's there's very few people in the world that are bigger Alan Moore fans. I I, I he is my absolute favorite all time creator. But for everyone that is that is saying, oh. You know how dare you um, stomp on Alan Moore's work for for a money grab? I was I was researching stuff about Neonomicon, and in an interview he talked about why he did Neonomicon, and it was because he had a tax bill coming due and he needed to make some quick money. So he talked to the people at Avatar, and they decided to to. We go back to an old idea that he had and and do a comic series. So, you know, everyone sells comics to sell comics. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, and, you know. and that's right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, so I don't, I don't think, like, I don't understand the people being incredulous about the idea that this would be a money grab. Because, yeah, of course it's a money grab. It's a big corporation selling trying to sell stuff that that's that's their job um their job then is to to in the face of that make a good product that uh yeah. and 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 they have everything to gain by making a good product because again sure. if 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 they put out a piece of shit not only is it going to uh hurt their uh, goodwill with uh you know a dwindling yet loyal fan base but it's also going to have then no chance of having broader appeal so of course they want this to be successful um and this, i don't think this they is, ever this put out a their- comic they don't want to be successful this um, is their one bite at the apple on Watchmen to yeah. do to do a, a sequel or a prequel. I mean, they're not if this if this tanks, they're never going to be able to go back to this well again. I mean, not really. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, but if it's if it if it's well, you know, if it, if it goes over well, if it's if it's met with consumer and critical you know acclaim, then they can they can go back to the well a couple times after this. You know, but I think the what what I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed for is that you know they're doing what six miniseries is it is it six of them I I didn't I didn't take so, a survey something like that um, even if two of the six 
are really, really good, I think they're going to come out looking okay. If if five of them are mediocre and there's one standout, you know, I don't know. It's they they. I, I think they need a couple of these to really hit on and be be really good. And with with the creators that they've got, I think they've got a good chance of of doing that. Mm-hmm. So, well, the only thing I, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll close out my thoughts on this by saying that uh, although I, I bear them no ill will, and I certainly hope that for, for their sake that this uh, is successful, um, I, I do think that the the broader issue of the sequels and the serialization of stuff. To me, and maybe it's just me becoming a crank old man, is disappointing. Like I, 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 I wish we were in a world where creativity and uh, innovation and new ideas were really rewarded, um, <laughs> and, uh, and and that's simply just not the case. And it's again, this is not, this is not a comic book problem. This is an entertainment problem. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so I, that disappoints me. Like I think this is just yet another example of a much broader trend. <laughs> So, but but uh, but it's it it on on that level it disappoints me. Like I wish that we didn't have to. I wish that the big news didn't have to be that they were revisiting something from. It just twenty years cracks ago. me up that we that that so many people are getting upset about this. They're like, oh, I can't believe they're going back and telling Watchmen stories. It's like, okay, what's your favorite comic? Uh, Spider Man. Oh, okay, a character that's reinvented every month for the last 50 fucking years. There's a little bit of a difference though. Yeah, yeah, it's that that character is way overdone. These that, haven't been touched in 25 years. Because okay, they <laughs> my 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 problem with that argument And I love Spider-Man, but I mean the devil's is, advocate. But Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Superman, Batman, these are characters that were that that were created that were designed to tell many stories over and over, and 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 with different creators. My, so, my, are the, I, so are the so are the Charlton characters. So are the Charlton characters, yes. Okay. And these, characters. these are these are ciphers. these are analogs of Charlton yeah. characters. He, these characters existed in these twelve issues. My my problem. So and it, it's amazing. Spider Spider Man was supposed to be Spider Man was designed to last one issue. No, he, he was. It was a story that Stanley figured he'd tell and just go away because he was going to quit. And his wife said, "What well, story you want? One issue." Because but they, the magazine right? was going to be canceled anyway. But the, and, and, yeah. and did Stanley quit? No, and and so it was well received. And and Stanley, the same creator, the same, the same creators kept telling that story. At least okay. until they had a fallout. So yeah, it had the same in, 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 until until one of the creators decided that he didn't want to do it because he wasn't happy with how the company was handling it. So he left, and another creator came on and right. created the defining version of that character for an entire generation. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, you don't getting, think getting, that John Romita made the defining version of Spider-Man? Well, he did, for say, he did say for a generation. Said for a generation, it's not like it, it's not like the Romita Senior version is the version that everybody goes back to. Because you can say the same thing about the McFarland is the definitive version for, uh, a for generation. A generation. So yeah. you know, so I mean, you know, no, hold on, are, Vince, you don't think that John Romita made the he, he adds the generation part of of, of of Spider-Man for an entire generation of fans? No, Ditko. You I don't. Think, think I think that John ver- Romita made a defining version of that character for an entire generation. I think Ramita made a definit his definitive version of the character, but for a generation, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I think Ditko's for, version for, was for me, so. For me, as a kid that grew up in the in the the late seventies, early eighties, I had no idea uh, about the Steve Ditko era Spider-Man. It, every around. every one of those characters was was based on the Ramita designs. Well, he certainly put enough fuel in the Spider-Man tank to last for for jeez decades right yeah but i i still defer to ditko's version over over everyone's but you can't deny that that ramita was was like the spider-man artist for a lot of people well sure yeah but you you can't say a definitive version there can only be okay yeah i am saying that for an entire generation john ramita jr is is the artist for spider-man well, I I can't disagree with that. Okay, but grand scheme of things, that like the the entire tableau of Spider-Man, Ditko is at the top of. of okay, so that's, that's, that has nothing to do with Watchmen. So. Right. So my my okay now why why I'm happy that my friends have, have <laughs> a couple of miniseries to to, funny, to read when when it comes out. I try. Um, the reason why I am not going to to check these out, and like Jason, at least initially, and and I don't even know if at that point, even after you guys talk about it, I mean, whether it's, I, I don't know if it's stand my ground kind of thing, but I mean, after I think about it, it's it's one of those things where everything I need to know is is in those twelve issues by those two guys at the company, and and it's amazing, amazing fantasy number fifteen. Oh, it's all God. you ever need to know about that character. With great wow. power comes eight, great eight, responsibility. Eight, eight no, it's pages. not. You don't eight have Gwen. You don't have to over a hundred and something. Yeah, that's so, that's that's the same. And the 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 entire core of that character is in one issue. You well, don't, it's, it's the you origin story. They keep going you back don't, to it. You don't you don't need to know anymore. But you found great enjoyment by reading massive amounts of of Spider-Man stories for decades after that. Okay, so how is this any different? They're just or? they're just more stories on on core characters mm-hmm. that have a tremendous amount of appeal. Mm-hmm. How is that any different? Oh, my turn. Can yeah. <laughs> can I reach into your brain, David, for one second? You Go ahead. you, you Go correct ahead. me if I'm wrong. Go ahead. I think what he's trying to say is Watchmen is a is an insular kind of macrocosm of a story. Is it microcosm or macrocosm? Microcosm. Microcosm microcosm of a story. It exists between issues 1 and 12. Yeah, the characters were based on other characters, but for all intents and purposes, the story starts with issue 1 and ends with issue 12. You have a package. You have a package. And and the, the, the entity that is Watchmen exists in one form. And that's it. And that, that's it exactly. I do not need, I do me. I don't need to revisit this world, especially with different tour guides. I'm glad they're going to be able to tell whatever stories they want to tell with these characters that are based on other characters. I don't need to read those stories. I'm not. I'm. I'm not looking down at those that want to. I'm just explaining why I am choosing to not bother reading this. Everything I need to know about Watchmen. Is in those twelve issues. Is in the absolute above my head. It, it doesn't. I don't need to read what happened about Silk Spectre's early days. Just like you brought up Star Wars. So, so you had Lucas decide to. We grew up. The people who, who those of us who saw it in the theater or had the laser disc or had the VHS tapes, we know that Han shot first. 
That's it. <laughs> so Lucas, yeah, Capito but yeah, but but, but 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 Azarillo and Straczynski and and Cook but aren't see, going aren't going back and changing the original source material. They're not changing the source material, but they're telling you stories that happened before. Yeah, the source material. I they're not. They're not. Know they're, that. they're not touching. The I'm source happy. Material. I know that. I know that. I know. I still have my source material. I don't need to know what happened and, before and, issue and one. I'm first in Watchmen. Oh my God! I'm explaining why I don't care what okay. happened before issue one. If 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 Amanda Connor draws the best Silk Spectre that Dave Gibbons could ever try to draw, I'm happy for people who want to enjoy that. I don't need to, to, to bother with it. Everything that happened, like Vince just said, starts at issue one, ends at issue 12. I don't care about the point one. I don't care about what happened before that. If, if I, don't, I don't care about what happened. So expect early days, comedians, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It, and, and maybe, well, okay, a little bit of the continuity nerd in me, if it happens, if they print it on paper, it's out there. Now that actually is canon. It happened. No. I don't I don't know. I don't okay. need to know that what happened. I, I'd rather have it in so? my imagination. Whatever. No, no. See, but I'm so? not. Am I saying that you shouldn't enjoy it? All I'm saying is why I'm not going to bother me. Before somebody says, well, why won't you? You know, oh, but my God. If, it's Darwin it, Cook. Why what, won't you what, try what if, it? What if Darwin Cook's Minutemen series is amazing? What if it's like the best comic that comes out this year? Wow. That's that that does not bode well for anybody else working in comics this year. What what, what? <laughs> that if that if that if Darwin Cook doing a nineteen fifties era superhero comic is is if is, that's the best is, comic is, that is, is, oh, it's so oh, okay it's. What? Not a. Not I'm a, glad I'm glad. Oh, no, no, I, I cannot. I can't. No, I. The, the, the absolute yeah, kept, kept my. That, no that absolute is, that kept my ass warm during the winter. I burn that shit with the quickness. Dude, I don't. <laughs> I know. I, I know Darwin Cook is I good at what he believe, does. I can't believe that you would say that if Darwin Cook makes the best comic this year, then comics are in a bad way. Meaning. If he has to cannibalize old ideas to get the best comic, what does that yeah. say about the rest of the? Okay, well, Spider-Man and Batman, oh my God, and, why do we keep and, back the and the Avengers have absolutely no opportunity of being You're the right. best comics that come out this year because they're all cannibalizing old ideas. That, That's twenty-five. I, I, like, those, those twenty-five years I waited for that next Spider-Man story, man, that killed me. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> believe. So now, so now it's not. A, it's about frequency. It's about time in between. So if something, no, I'm is, explaining why I'm not going to bother reading something. But now I'm being told that that I'm. <laughs> I, I'm just. I'm. I'm telling you why I'm choosing not to. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm. I. You're, you're telling me that I'm. I'm. I'm stupid for doing that. I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm just saying that that the logic feels flawed because if it's about if it's about different creators telling stories about characters that were that were created at a, at a different time that's what comics are about okay. is about is about passing characters from creator to creator to tell stories and it really oh, just, doesn't it well, really from creator this is to where creator. I don't necessarily agree um i mean uh, um, i i think that there there are things that are meant for serialization and things that are not there are it's perfectly reasonable to have something that's 
has a beginning, middle, and end, and it just finishes. I mean, look, you love new you you love New Frontier, Chris. I believe you've called it one of your favorite, if not your favorite, works of all time, right? Yeah, one of my. So if all of a sudden they were like, "Oh, New Frontier Two coming at you," like okay. wouldn't you? At least, wouldn't the party be like, huh, uh, "Like, wouldn't you need a lot of convincing to think that that's going to be good?" No, because you know what? If it's not good, it just goes away. It's. But see, we we kind of had a little bit of this discussion during our 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 Dark Knight and. Dark Knight Returns and Strikes Again, and and how the sequel, while it didn't erase the first story, it 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 lessened it a little bit to how? Me, to me. Okay. To me. It's how because it's when it ended, I, I don't I, exactly. That, and and I that's all I'm saying. I is can't that, wrap my head around the fact that that Dark Knight Strikes dude, Back. You know what? Dark Knight Returns a lesser work. They're do you know why you can't wrap your head around that? Why? Because you're not David A. Price. Okay, that's See, true. It's okay. Highlander is... 2 is an abomination. Whoa, 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 whoa. How about this? How about this? No, because we're talking about things how that, does that not after. That how about Highlander? this, dude? How, how, okay. You know, you, you know what, you know what prequels I feel kind of damaged the first stories that we were given? Episodes 1, 2, and 3. Because <laughs> I can't, I can't look yeah. at Darth Vader and not see a whiny little punk ass bitch. I can't. I, I okay. Yeah, the Clone Wars is a fantastic cartoon, and it spun out of, of some pretty lackluster movies. But still, that that's still one man's vision. That's that's George Lucas, and he decided to go and fill in the blanks and tell you how Darth Vader becomes Darth Vader. And I didn't need to know that. I didn't need to see it. And every time I watch, I watch episodes three, four, or four, five, and six. Yeah, it it bothers me a little bit that I know. How we got here, and 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 I didn't need to know that, and I was I was happy to know that I thought Darth Vader was a badass all my life growing up, and then and and then I see you know once well even after he was a little kid in the pod race that wasn't too bad, but then we get two and three, and I just it it killed me, and and I mean and it's the same thing with you know Han shooting Greedo in self defense. It's like why do you have to go and change things? Just because you can doesn't mean you have to or you should. And if, if these are going to be stories that you're going to dig and you're going to enjoy, and I'm looking forward to you talking about them on, on whether it's, it's AC or here, I want to hear about it. I, if you're digging comic books, I'm happy for it. I don't need to read any more about this universe than I already have in that absolute. I, I guess just, you know, with, with comics especially, and, and it's okay, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you're stupid at all. I'm just arguing well, I know. That they, I, because I think it makes for interesting conversation. Absolutely. I don't mind um, I love you, Boo. Uh, uh, now he's Boo. <laughs> the uh, I never get to be Boo. I, I, be I, I, I think I think with comics, especially, that I've just learned to compartmentalize things and and let certain things you know stand on their own. It's uh, like the Gwen Stacy stuff that uh, that Straczynski did. Yeah, for me, I just kind of put that into a little blind spot, you know, in the okay. rearview mirror, and and I'm able to to do that. And maybe it's just because there's so many comics that are made that you are you, you're guaranteed to to hit some potholes along the way, and you just kind of have to just keep driving and and not not think about them. So you know, if the Watchmen prequels come out and they're they're bad it's not going to change how i feel about watchmen but if they're really really good i it won't change the way i feel about watchmen 
You know, it's it's I, you really kind of for me anyway. I need to compartmentalize those things and right. and the, and the Watchmen stuff. You know, I have a point of reference for for the characters and a level of expectation in how they act and how they interact with other characters. But other than that, it's I'm going to read them based on the stories that they are, not on on my feelings on Watchmen. You know, it's however I feel about Rorschach. You know, I'll expect him to act and and interact a certain way. But you know that's about it. The rest of it's going to be about the original story that's that's coming out. And if it's awesome, that I I'm going to be very happy. If and that sucks. I'm not going to care. I mean, if if I was going to read any of them, it, it would be Darwin's Minutemen because I mean that that I think has has the best chance of maybe being something on its own. I mean, I I know Azarello and, and Romeo are probably going to do a pretty kick-ass Warshark story, and I could read that and just, in my head, I'm going to pretend it's the question. I'm, I'm reading a big stage story. I, <laughs> I could probably do that, but I just, I, I don't, that world exists in okay. where, where it already does, and I don't, I, I just, I don't need to revisit it with someone else guiding my way. If, if I mean, if, if it was more Gibbons coming back to do it, it'd be completely different in my mind. But I don't, I don't need somebody else to work on something that I enjoy by two other guys that did what they wanted to do, told the story they wanted to tell, and that was it. Okay. I gotta stand by my appropriated motto on this one. And that is? Everything is permitted. I, I don't think there's a piece of art out there uh, sacred enough to not no, and that's fine. And it's, and again, and I, and I'm not. I don't want to. Th- and I mean, I. I don't. I'm not trying to come across like it's some sacred cat that should never be touched. I'm just looking at it as as this is a story that that I'm happy with the way it is. These two guys told the story that they wanted to tell, and that's it. And and right. if 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 that's it, that that's it. That that's that's what they did. I'm not saying that no one has the right to tell that story or or can go back and revisit it. I just I don't need to. But if, if it, the option is there, and, and like you said, and, and, and if someone wants to do it, and, and it's art, and, and it should be created, more power to those that, that want to consume. Yeah. I mean, it really, it really is a unique beast. You know, what, you know, what other series have Marvel or DC ever put out that sold that in the crazy numbers that it has and has remained you know, contained within 12 issues? That's true. And that's pretty, and maybe, pretty, and that's, pretty small fucking list. It, it is. And that's, I, I think and maybe it's that's unique to one publisher, too. Yeah. Because there is not a Watchman, a Dark Knight, or a third thing uh, at Marvel. They don't have... No, they don't. Uh, yeah. They don't have evergreen titles like yeah. those. They well, it's not a lot, a lot of that because... Um, I always thought because DC... Uh, acquired a lot of the other publishers. I mean, they bought Fawcett and they acquired Charlton, and you know they 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 bought up different properties, and and that was kind of the thing is that the what the the Charlton characters were, you know, kind of just ripe for reinterpretation, and uh, you know, I mean, I mean, Moore did it. It was, I mean, it it is it it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, but correct uh, me if I'm wrong, David. Mm-hmm. What what weren't um. Blue Beetle and Captain Atom, the series already in progress when yes. Moore did Watchmen. Pa- pa- yeah. Paris Paris yep. Collins on on art and Len Wayne writing uh, Blue Beetle and uh, Carrie Bates and Pat Broderick on Captain Atom. Right, and I even think um, the question was ramping up. Too, oh well, right? the question if because you you I didn't know the Shadow had a miniseries. The question oh. o- O'Neill's question I think started around. The 80s, was it 86? 
around the was it after crisis oh yeah yeah definitely after crisis so 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 it was after so it was 86 mm -hmm. mid, mid to late 86 right. right so okay but nah, let them do what they want with it. I I can right. choose to buy it. I can choose to not buy it. I don't know. Uh, I'll probably if they decide to collect them all in one massive hardcover, I'll probably buy it. But I'm not going to get the singles. My 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 oh, guess, my my prediction, which is you know totally a shot in the dark because I haven't seen nor heard any of it. I I think some of it will be really good. I think some of it will be not really good. I think some of it will probably be okay. <laughs> So I don't know. They yeah. got a nice roster of creators. Yeah, I, I, I think and, and I think MJMS. So yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, that too. you know what? You know what? I what? I will go out and make a, a a fearless prediction that that at least one of the JMS miniseries is going to be a star in that. I cool. I think that he's got a little bit to prove right now after the <laughs> a little bit after the after the Superman stuff and uh, this, this, this yeah. And this feels like a very, um, a very good fit. I think that uh, I think there's going to be. Well, then, then, then Doctor Manhattan already like kind of walked the earth in the in, in the original series, so that's oh, already out of the way, right? So shot. it's you know. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, I, I liked all the promo images I've seen so far, save one. Except that comedian cover. Yeah, I think that Jones' comedian covers. It's horrible, but, yeah. But uh, I mean, the rest of them are, are really nice. I do like the Hughes one because I mean, oh, yeah. you can, your mind can kind of play some tricks, and you can think about something else going on since you know Doctor Manhattan's in the bus. Is the is the JG Jones cover? Is it a marker comp that they're passing off as a cover? <laughs> no, it <laughs> no, it's it, it looks pretty finished to me. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. It's, yeah. That was that was, and I know that they were still kind of pretty, but a lot of the Final Crisis covers, I'm just like, dude, that's a that's a marker comp. I mean, they I like, were. They were, I like they were, they were. Oh, I like markers too. I don't think of them as as finished illustrations. <laughs> they are what they are. Jason, you're awful quiet, buddy. What do you want to talk about? Oh, you left us. <laughs> I Damn. Not. Did He's he PM. gone from the roster? Oh no, here no. I am. Sorry. Oh, there he is. Are, I've been chiming in, dude. Is there anything you want to talk about? Um, um I mean, the the only thing uh, I'm halfway through Petrograd, but I don't want to talk about it until I'm finished. Um, oh, but uh, the only thing I read to completion uh, this week um, was uh, Spider Island. Oh, uh, you know, I did. Um, I I, uh, I really because I'm so far behind in Spidey. I uh, I wasn't really caught up in the the hype of this, you know, or the. Um, Hold on a second. Just uh, just heard. A, sorry, I just heard a noise. I wanted to make sure it wasn't one of my kids waking up. Um, but uh, basically, you know, I was like, okay, Spider Island. I think it's a Spidey event. Whatever. It's you know, I'll get to it like years from now. Um, but the buzz was, was was real good. I mean, David liked it, and a lot of the guys in the forums said it was real groovy and stuff, and uh, it was kind of lighthearted and classic feeling. So, um, so when uh, when the hardcover was solicited, and I have to give Marvel credit here, they uh. They, they they put this hardcover out like immediately after Spider Island was over, so kudos to them for that. Um, you know, I figured I'd pick it up, and uh, uh, it was good, man. I mean, look, it um, it uh, it evoked a different time in comics for me. You know, a time that was more innocent, like back when when superhero comics were basically just what they were. You know, they were just 
sometimes about having an adventure that was wacky and had a beginning and a middle and end and and there wasn't really a, a ton beyond that and it just was you know a lot of uh over the top villains and crazy scenarios and uh you know the heroes doing what they do best and and that's kind of what this was um you know I'm a huge MJ fan so I love seeing her front and center mm-hmm. uh she she's in it um you know uh I I don't have the huge disdain for the clone saga that some do so this taking parts of that and you know taking the jackal and bringing him back and that sort of thing didn't bother me um you know having kane back didn't bother me did um, you know who the queen was you know i didn't i didn't know who the queen was she uh she appeared in the peter parker series that paul jenkins and paul ramos and Humberto ramos did um the last the time it was no she uh, she showed up during during the uh, Avengers Disassembled era. Oh, okay, because okay. So I probably did read her, but I, yeah, yeah, I, I only know her because I have Spider Man Disassembled, which ties into that. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I saw her. I don't know, if, I know she has a little bit of an origin or a flashback during yeah. Spider Island, but um, yeah, and that's and it, and I don't maybe that wasn't too clear because even while I was reading Amazing Spider Man, I'm like as I'm reading the singles. That wasn't too, and it it took me a little while. I didn't, rec- I didn't remember her right away, and it took yeah. me to remember it. That's where I saw her last. And she's kind of like designed like Silk Spectre, ironically enough. Yeah, you know. Um, but uh, the one thing I'll say, and 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 really, I did genuinely enjoy it. I thought I thought Humberto has. Uh, I thought he looked as good as he's looked in years. Uh, oh, he, he it looked fantastic, and I know Dave, that was David's choice for penciler of the year, and. Uh, um, I, I thought it was great. I mean, it's great cartooning. Um, so, you know, I thought that was awesome. I, I am behind in Spidey, so I didn't really know much about Spidey's girlfriend or um, like some of the supporting cast, but it was all pretty clear to me. Um, you know, it was cool to see, uh, you know, May and uh, her hubby getting ready to move to Boston. And uh, it was nice to see Peter all grown up. Um, you know, I, I thought that... Uh, um, you know, the setup was like, it wasn't anything over the top in terms of like, wow you with creativity, but it was cool. I mean, it was totally, you know, it, it was classic villainy, right? Like the jackal creates bed bugs that turned the people in Manhattan into spider creatures. Like, okay, fair. I mean, there you go. There's a premise, execute it. And that's what they did. Um, now I haven't read a lot of the tie-ins. I did order the hardcover, um, they they solicited the following month. They solicited the hardcover with all the tie-ins, like the cloak and dagger and all that stuff. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, and so I'm I'm gonna read that because I I heard a lot of that stuff was good too, but I haven't read that yet. Um, if I had one minor complaint, it would be that um, the hardcover collects a bunch of issues of Venom as well, which I'm already getting. Yes. And I didn't real I should have read the solicit and realized that, but I didn't realize that. And the one thing I'll say is I don't remember which issues specifically, but there was one set of issues which was one of them was Spider-Man and one of them was Venom where it was basically the exact same story um, but from a different angle wasn't it yeah it was from a different angle but um, I, 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 that didn't work for me necessarily because it okay. was like you're reading this big collected version and you're you're basically reading the same thing 22 pages after 22 pages um, oh it came out it, I mean it's, it's, it's printed so that it's the next one after the one you just read, yeah, oh. yeah. So, like that felt a little weird to me. But, but again, that's a minor quibble in what I thought was a really fun 
superhero story. Um, and uh, credit to Dan Slott again that I am not quote unquote in caught up in with Spider-Man continuity, and I didn't need to be to enjoy the book. You know, I mean, the everything you need is in this arc. You know, you're introduced to the villains. Uh, they give you, like you say, I, I I probably had read the Queen before, but I didn't remember her. But they set up who she is, why she's got a grudge, what her powers are. Um, same thing with the Jackal. They set him up. So you don't really need to know. You didn't need to know the Clone Saga to know who he was or Kane. You know, it's it's explained to you. Um, so, yeah, it was good stuff. I mean, I got to give Slot some props. You know, I know that. Uh, awesome. I know that um, I haven't always been super kind to him, and uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he's the sharpest tack from what I gather on Twitter, but, uh, but, but he definitely has a passion for these characters and he seems yeah. to execute them well. So it's pretty darn good writer too. He is. Yes. He, he writes fun. He writes. Fun I thought, I thought his mighty Avengers that. was awesome. I mean, his, mm-hmm. his mighty Avengers post secret invasion was, I enjoyed the hell out of that run. It ended far too soon. I keep hearing the spider Island stuff. Over the, and over and over. It's, yeah, I mean, it's like we're talking about. You know, like if, if if Chris wants, if Chris tells us that the Washington prequels are good, and, you know, enough, and people hear the buzz, like Jason said, <laughs> you know, if enough people tell him that you know it's good doings, then mm-hmm. I, we're 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 telling you. I mean, and here, and Jason just jumped ahead to read Spider Island. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, uh, it's it does. It reminds you of some of that old olden day stuff. With with, with I mean, even before. The Clone Saga with 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 Professor Miles Warren and it's just it is it's um and it's it was it was probably the event that no not probably it was the event that Fear itself wished it it could have been as fun yeah, as for sure it was just it was wow. with everything going on with 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 Fear itself and with Schism and and things like that I think. I I enjoyed everything else. Yeah, and it and it it shouldn't have. I mean, it, but it was self-contained. So it was a little corner of the universe. Yeah, maybe they may have gotten a little carried away with some of the crossovers, and and that's probably why I didn't see what Jason saw because I was reading, you know, either the the Shang Chi mini or the Cloak and Dagger mm-hmm. or, or one of the one shots. So I had a little bit of a, of a breathing. The um, uh, the Cloak and Dagger. That who's the gal that is it Emma, Emma Rios? Emma Rios. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, she's good. Oh yeah. She did that issue of uh, of Amazing Spider-Man that, that crossed over with Daredevil. Yeah, she, she did Doctor Strange: The Oath, and uh, yes, no, not the Oath. No, 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 no. That was not the Oath. Uh, the the the, the Doctor Strange when they came out last year. Yeah, that was. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris. You know what I read? Um, the Constitution. <laughs> no, and you're going to be very happy. Uh, it's a it's a rather short read. Uh, it's a hundred page, hundred page definitive volume one. No, it's a hundred page trade paperback, but it's uh, printed in landscape format, and there is the images are only printed on the right hand side page. So, uh, and there's a reason for that. See, there's a lot of uh, blank pages, so it's fifty images. But the cool thing about oh, it, oh, is I, it the, I, the Shaky Kane book? Yeah, and I th- I think what it lacks in uh-huh. length, it makes yeah. up in uh, both in awesome. execu- execution <laughs> and con uh, concept. But uh, it's Shaky Kane's monster truck, and uh, yeah. what it is, David, you'll you'll appreciate this. Okay, fifty pages, right? One panel, really? One friggin' panel, and a panel, it's not a, not not a pinup. It's telling a story. 
each image connects to the one after it and <laughs> and, and and before it. You can read this book both backwards and forwards. I mean, it makes sense if you really? read it, for, it forward. It is it is one continuous image that loops together. It's yeah, awesome. And not only does the image loop, but the first and last pages loop too. Wow. In, in, in concept. Sweet. Because what it is, all right, there's a monster truck. And this is very important. It mm -hmm. travels across a bridge. A he calls it a natural sandstone bridge eroded by the hand of time. And the entire narrative is a monster truck traveling through this landscape. And, and the, the truck comes upon uh, dinosaurs and Hot Wheels cars and uh, their neon orange track, Mars Attacks cards, Monster Kids, Kaiju, UFOs, <laughs> and, and, and Shaky Kane specifically cites the Aladamski UFO. And he says, An Adamski saucer defies both science and gravity, looking for all the world like a hoaxed photograph. Because <laughs> that's what it was, right? So you got UFOs, custom car culture in here, B movies, and drive-ins, Aurora models. It's um, a fever dream. It's a it's a it's a fucking to toy monster truck fever dream road trip. It, it is. It, it's also um, everything on which Shaky Kane was raised as a child oh. of the '60s. These are all the things that mattered to him. But ultimately, it's a treatise on pop culture and how it fades with every uh, decade. So you have pop cultures marked by eras, right? Take comics. You have your Silver Age, you have your Bronze Age, your your Modern Age. This this monster truck traverses this landscape, encounters all of this pop culture bric-a-brac, and the truck as it goes through the landscape is transformed. It, uh, initially, it's a typical 60s-esque truck. It's very bright. It has stickers all over the sides of it. It's kind of sleek. There, there's there's a hint of the old 50s fins going on in parts of it where, you know, that very well-designed and sleek. And at the end, after the truck has parsed this cultural bric-a-brac, it's become something different. That era is ended in pop culture and it's heading off into a new era the the truck is bigger much bigger it's covered with spikes and it's it's ugly and it's dripping and there's 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 flesh like tissue and stuff protruding from the bottom of it the the the, the driver's compartment has roll bars in it and the roll bars look like um a rib cage so so as as this thing parses the pop culture becomes something different and it transforms into another wave of pop culture. That's what the whole book is about. The endless waves of pop culture and how they transform those that experience it. It's it's an amazing book. It's really, really well done. Uh, he, I mean, he just throws everything in here. Dragula's in here, which could be construed as the mon Monster's Coach is in here. There's, there's even like... A takeoff on the Adams family slash Munster's house. So I mean, he covered all the bases. Everything that was important to children of the '60s appears in this book. There, there's mm -hmm. one kaiju in here. I swear, uh, Shaky Kane is a oh, violent fan. It's a sign. 
You all broken up. Damn. It's okay because it's just about time for our uh, in travels. Well, well, well no, be some work. <laughs> that's the sound of discontent right there. <laughs> I, I, I see every time I I read something that I, that I hope to talk about on the show, and even if I'm not really feeling it, I I, I try to find something positive. But I read a um, I read an intercompany crossover. Uh, this weekend that I found very little to uh, these are the, the, crea- the creators involved it was written by Fabian Lucienza. and and I mean story wise I had no problem with it I thought it was a pretty cool mm-hmm. story where it fell apart for me was was the art one book it was a two part story one story was uh, Pencils and Inks by Andy Smith doing his best Bart Sears uh, Colors <laughs> by Twilight Graphics and Letters by Virtual Calligraphy the um, the other company's book was penciled by Tom Grinberg, inks by Bill Anderson, Larry Malstead, and uh, Al Milgram. Colors by uh, Malibu, uh, Joe Andriani, and uh, your letters are by Phil Felix. Your editors for all of this, um, Mark Grunwald, Bob Harris, Bob Layton, Nancy Poletti, and uh, this is this is unfortunately a story called Heavy Metal pitting Iron Man and Exo Man of War together as a team. Uh, the colors in the Valiant issue were, um, I'll, I'll say hard, and I'll try to make that as a compliment. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a chore to try to look through. Everybody, it looked like everybody was posed as, as an action figure. Nobody did not have a fist in, in the Valiant issue. Um, it was, uh, and and I mean, it's it's weird because you would think that a story where the bad guys are uh, Absorbing Man and Blackout and Goliath and Mister Hyde and Titania, how could how could that not be exciting when Armin Armin Zola is your main lead bad guy? I know that that Ed Brubaker has done some really cool things with with Zola over the years, but this was this came out in like nineteen ninety six, maybe. And and at that time, I don't think Zola was really your your go to bad guy. Mm. Um, I don't think this needed to be two issues. Apparently, this was a tie in, or it was made because Acclaim was making an Iron Man and Exo Man and War video game. Uh, the covers looked like they belonged on on box art for a uh, for a video game, and and I believe that um, that the picture I saw today from the Sega Saturn version of the game. Um, looks like the cover of, of the first issue. I have no idea okay. who did the covers. It looked like it was done by computer graphics. I have no idea. Um, it, uh, it, it, the Marvel offering, the, the Marvel side of the, of, of, the, uh, of the two issues, definitely felt, looked like a, a Marvel comic from the 90s where, I mean, not, and I'm not, I, I don't mean that as a dig, it just the, the letters, the lettering was, was huge. And, and it just, it read like, a Marvel comic. The second issue, you kind of get a um, amalgamation of of the Marvel and the Valiant universe. Not not so much that um, uh, that Doctor uh, that 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 Doctor Solar is somebody else in the Marvel universe. Everybody is just that <laughs> Doctor Solar is is one of the Avengers along with um, with well, I remember her as as Zephyr from. Uh, Harbinger, but with Rye and and with Crystal and Quicksilver, 
so, so they just kind of just put characters together. The, the first part, the first part of the story wasn't too bad. You 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 have uh, Zola and Augur working together to to get uh, in the Valiant Universe. It's the Rock of uh, Rock of Reality, Rock of Eternity. It, it's the Rock of Reality, and uh, and on the Marvel side of things, it's the Cosmic Cube, and they're trying to merge the universes so that the uh, the first ones can take control of everything and and the spire aliens are there and of course they're exomana war's biggest nemesis and um where the first issue ends and we lead off with the second issue and now it's 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 a uh it's a universe filled with valiant marvels and and everybody is um is working together but people do know or at least young teenaged tony stark because this was that era where tony stark was reverted to a to an 18 year old um oh yes yeah good stuff i yeah i i i was very unfamiliar with a lot of what was going on um i I never really i i read a couple of issues here and there of exo man of war from valiant That, that wasn't my title my 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 books from from valiant were Archer and Armstrong, Eternal Warrior, yeah, yeah. Um, Harbinger, and and then eventually Doctor Mirage and things like that. I had Exo Man of War and and Magnus and Rye. I never really were too into. I enjoyed Bloodshot to a degree, but um, but Exo was never one that I just really glommed onto, and and uh, and this really didn't change my mind to find out more about Exo Man of War. It was. Um, it was just it, it. I like intercompany crossovers for the most part. I mean, I, I think the, the what everybody should strive for is is uh, is to try to at least be as good as New Teen Titans, Uncanny X Men. Um, I did enjoy JLA Avengers. I I enjoy a lot of the the Marvel and DC stuff. I haven't read too many of the. Marvel and in this case Acclaim or, or Valiant and or the the DC and Wildstorm books like Superman and, and Gen thirteen. But I find very little to I think I, I think Fabian told a good story. It just the execution was was way off. So if you see Exo Man of War and, and Iron Man in the in the um three for a dollar bin Wait until it's there for uh, five for a dollar. Mm, okay, cool. Yeah, it, I was not feeling it. All right, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling pissed off, is what I'm feeling. Well, you can finish Why? your thought now. No, Go ahead. I'm just sick of this friggin' headset bullshit. For for those of you out there who don't know, this is a brand new headset, and it's not the same company, not even the same manufacturer of the headset that I use on old episodes, and I still get the problem. This is like a pestilence. It's a pox on the show. Uh, we'll never figure it out, and it annoys me to hell. It just bugs the shit out of me. Uh, oh, well. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. As usual, this episode has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you, all our buddies out there, can get your favorite comic books and collectibles at huge Wamba discounts. Seventy, No, 35 to 75% off. Uh, their monthly spotlighted specials, and if you're a first-time customer, you know what? You get even more off because they love you so much because you're new. Uh, the romance is new. Uh, if you enter the f- <laughs> this following code in the pre-moisten slot, you will get an extra 8% off your already superbly discounted order. David, what's that code? 
EOC and the number eight. Yes, EOC eight. Eight extra percent. That's nuts. DCBService.com. And in your travels, if you are in the mood for a conceptually rich story masquerading as an artist monograph, pick up the book I was talking about previously. It's Shaky Kane's Monster Truck. It is amazing. Uh, and I'm going to finish what I was going to say before. As this truck barrels down this, this landscape of cultural bric-a-brac, it's very cool. The biggest uh, conceptual chunk of the book occurs at the end. All of the denizens of this road, in the presence of a huge observing eye, they all are destroyed. They, they, as Shaky Kane uh, writes it, they tumble to extinction. So out with the old, in with the new, and the new is not as nice as the old. Oh. Yeah. It's it's kind of menacing, kind of disturbing, not not as pleasing to the eye as the old. Uh it, it it's a new way of thinking and not necessarily a better one. So, take what you want from this book, but there's a lot to chew on. It is fantastic. All done in flat color. It's beautiful. Love every page of this thing. From Image, Shaky Kane's Monster Truck, 100 pages, only 50 of them have images. And it's fourteen ninety nine. You cannot go wrong. Yeah, and there's the new uh, bulletproof coffins. Oh, yeah, which is very true. Well. Yeah. So, so stock up on the shaky can. Uh, last week was a, was a great week because uh, Sweet Tooth Volume Four came out, and I've been waiting uh-huh. for this one. It was this was the the hardest single issue comic to say no. I'm going to I'm going to read you in trade, so I'm not going to buy you in single issues, and uh, and the the waiting has has paid off, and uh, uh, Sweet Tooth Volume Four is, uh, is it's doing me right. I'm uh, three quarters of the way through it right now, and it's just it's just more great Jeff Lemire comics. So uh, if you've not read Sweet Tooth, please do yourself a favor, go pick up that first volume. And uh, and if you had read all the way up to and through Volume Three, you should know that that Volume Four is available now. Yes, sir. Oh man, see, I I read very little new stuff because of unfortunately what I was reading. Um, I'm going to uh, honestly, you know what? It, there's one issue left. I I read the eighth issue of. Um, of Avengers, the Children's Crusade. Um, I'm not quite sure. I'll, I'll probably f- how once it wraps up, once once the eighth issue comes out, um, I'll probably feel better about it when 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 it's all said and done. Uh, I've been I've been no, I mean I've I, I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the, the the penultimate issue. It was um, we. Wanda's been trying to make right, and and uh, and it involves Doom, and and Doom. Something felt a little weird about the seventh issue, and and I can't I can't quite put my finger on it. But uh, Cyclops kind of said his piece, and and uh, and Wiccan kind of um, said his and, and and in a way put Cyclops in his place. And it was it wasn't I think I think my problem is is Heimberg doesn't quite have everybody's voices right, but it still it still looks gorgeous. And um 
and it is as as Jason's alluded to in, in past episodes. It's it's not something you should sleep on. If if you if you read House of M, if you enjoy the mutants or or missed the, the Young Avengers, this is something you should definitely be checking out. And and there are things that this doesn't feel like it's just. It, it's not a sitcom where you know whatever happens at the beginning of the episode will will change and it'll be business as usual by the time you get to the end of the episode. It, it feels like whatever goes on in this book will um, will affect things later on and down the road, and 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 that there's something going on here that uh, it, it's not like the old limited series from back in the day where if you just read it, it was just a story or a day in the life, and and you can move on and not. And miss it and not worry about it. There's there's things going on here that you really can't miss if you are invested in the characters that appear in this miniatures. Cool. Um, I I I'm happy to say that uh, DC uh, with the new Fifty Two is at least making changes when they feel it's necessary and. Um, I wasn't feeling Justice League dark, but Jeff is taking over the book <laughs> with uh, in the upcoming solicits, so I'm going to get back on it and try that because I have a lot of faith in him, uh, and I could see him having fun with those characters. Uh, and then the, um, the the great caveat or, or addendum to that is that uh, he's stepping away from Frankenstein as a result, and his good buddy and uh, and our boy and one of my favorite creators, Matt Kint, is taking over Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. So the writing, the writing, this is a win-win. Um, yeah, same, so, same artist. Same artist. He's taken over the writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so absolutely, uh, I'll be on board for both of those. Uh, it's great to see Matt getting some run at DC uh, as a writer too. I mean, he and Jeff have very similar, paralleled careers at this point. Um, so uh, I, I, I hope this leads to more work if that's what he wants to do uh, for them. So. Uh, I would recommend you guys out there giving both of those books a try if you're not already uh, when the change happens, which I think is next month, I think. Cool. So, hook it up. Yep, and if you know Jeff Lemire, or you know his email address, send him an email and just say, hi, Jeff, because the guy's probably too busy to have any kind of social life at this point. I know. It's true. (laughs) It just seems like he has so much on his plate that I have no idea how all right, guess what? What? That's it. We're all done. We're out of here. Yeah. Really? We, we are. Only two more till the final episode. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, if you'd like to talk about this episode or just bitch at us, come to our forum. David, where can they find that? Forum.bulletinbulletinspodcast.com or 11, and that's the number, 11oclockcomics.com. Yeah. And hit us up on Twitter, too. Yeah. At Vince Bond, Vince B O N, <laughs> at David A. Price, at C. Neesman, all word, and uh, at J. J. A. Y. B. Wood. Yeah, so we're on so that. Good people. We're on that shit all the time. We are all up on it. It's where you can find us during the day. Good. Yeah? Yeah, well, we're supposed to be working. That's just. We're tweeting. Not important, dude. Come on now. Yeah. What happens on Twitter stays on Twitter. It's the Vegas of the internet. Nice. We love you so much, and we will be back next week. We hope you will be too. I think you're all right. In the pre moistened slot. That's right. Bye. Bye. Later. Peace out.
can't tell me life was meant to be like this A black man in a world dominated by whiteness Ever since the declaration of independence We've been easily brainwashed by just one sentence It goes, all men are created equal That's why corrupt governments kill innocent people With chemical warfare they created crack and AIDS Got the public thinking these were things that black folks made And every time there's violence shown in the media Usually it's a black thing So where are they leading you? To a world full of ignorance, hatred and prejudice TV and the news for years they're fed you this Foolish notion that blacks are all criminals Violent lowlifes and then even animals I'm telling the truth so some suckers are fearing me But I must do my part to combat the conspiracy Schools, churches The SAT is not geared for the lower class So why waste time even trying to pass The educational system presumes you to fail The next place is the corner, then after that jail You gotta understand that this has all been conspired To put a strain on our brains so that the strong grow tired It even exists when you go to your church Cause up on the wall a white Jesus lurks They use your subconscious to control your will They've done it for a while and developed the skill To make you wanna kill even your own brother man Black against black, you see it's part of their plan They wanna send us to war and they wanna ban rap What they really wanna do is get rid of us black Genocide is for real and I hope that you're hearing me You must be aware to combat the conspiracy In the, in the arts, business